Hello, and welcome to episode 38 of My Dog Will Eat My Face. In this episode, I wish to discuss something extremely profound that happened to me within the last week. Uh, To many other people, they might not understand why this event was so meaningful to me, but I'll take the time I hope I need to explain it and explain why the change in this event is so compelling, to say it lightly. Initially, what happens is every single week, if I could just kind of paint a picture for you. The hospice team that comes and visits you, they take your vitals, they do all the physical tests, and then they also do kind of like an emotional checkup and conversational checkup. How are you eating? Uh, How is your appetite? Um... Unfortunately, when was your last bowel movement? Can you describe it? <laughs> Don't worry, I won't. Uh, I won't say that was the uh, momentous event that changed my life. <laughs> but uh, other things like that that relate to your health in general and how you're feeling. And one of the things they actually do touch on is your psychological and your emotional health. And the way they question it is something along the lines, this is almost verbatim, but I'm I'm paraphrasing, where they ask, do you feel you have the necessary support system to deal with whatever you are dealing with? And so what my understanding of that question is, is that they're really looking at your support that you've created for yourself throughout your life, be it your friends, be it your family, be it your dog, I don't know what else it could be, be it your plants, (laughs) it happens. Uh, There could be a lot of things that align within your support system and help you get through the day. Honestly, a lot of vices fall in there too. It could be your smoking. It could be your drug of choice. It could be gambling. There's vices you frequently fall into. A coping mechanism that is, it's, it's really a structure that you had to build to handle whatever it is you're going through. And I think that's why addiction and things like that is so hard to kick because I don't think addiction is really the issue. I don't think we understand it. But when a person is faced chopping down the one support system they have built so diligently to protect themselves, given that choice, a person is not going to want to do that. <laughs> 
that just sounds crazy and it's in the back of their mind whether they know what that is or you know or not it it i think is something that is strongly there that if you build something that helps you get through the day the last thing you want to do is get rid of that thing that gets you through the day i think that's kind of a no-brainer but i think it is so subconsciously built within yourself that things like addiction and uh, other problems would if they were in that category would would likewise be the same and your subconscious would likely fight removing it to its dying breath because that is something you've designed to protect yourself anyway so they asked me, do you feel <laughs> that your support system is, is there for you? And they ask this every single week. Every single week they ask this question. And every single week I've answered bluntly, no. Because I did not feel that I had any support that was necessary for what I was going through with hospice care and with dying. And that the friendships I had and the family that I had were all frankly not very well equipped with handling these circumstances. And their first reaction was like many others, which was to hide from it and sort of cut me off which is the last thing you should do if you care about that person, that is. So, that being said, no offense to my family and friends that are listening <laughs> because it gets better as the story goes on, trust me. Um, no offense to anyone, but every week I would say no. No, 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 no. Or, or better, Nine, 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 nine. Um, anyway, this time, this week, my answer was different. I actually said, yes, I think I do have the support I needed. And the look I got from my nurse was indescribable. She stopped her writing and she looked up slowly at me with her mouth partially gaping open. And she asked, Yes, you actually found support. What, what happened? And I quickly answered yes. I, I, to confirm yes, I think I have arranged the appropriate support. Um, but the second question she asked, what happened? is unfortunately a much longer answer, I think. 
because a lot of things I think happened to lead me to that yes answer and that profound moment where I could say yes I do have the support I need and say it for the first time ever in my life so in today's podcast I am going to describe for my listeners what those things were Maybe you too can look deep within your life and and seek out things if you are like how I once was and felt isolated and felt like your friendships or your relationships were rather lackluster in their support. Perhaps if I go through the changes that happened in my life, you too could find some sort of a resolve to where you get a better result. So, that being said, I shall continue on with my answer as to yes and why on earth I changed my answer to yes. So, what changed? What happened? What occurred in my life to cause such a cataclysmic event? That has so such negative connotations. I should probably use a better word. <laughs> anyway, such a profound event in my life that I changed my answer from no to yes. That I was indeed getting the support that I felt I needed. What happened indeed? I did ask myself then and there. And at the time I didn't have the answer for her. Because I'm sure it's multifaceted. And I think the first change, the most obvious, is I adopted a puppy. Now, any of you who own a dog, own a puppy, or have a child, and some people get so furious when one compares children to dogs, but... In terms of the attention that you have to give, it is, it is at least in that sense, very, very similar, I would say, if not the same. So with my puppy, I have to deal with him 24-7. He is with me all the time, 100% of the time. When I'm in the shower, he is poking his head in the shower, getting his head wet. And if he's not doing that, he's outside the shower whimpering because he's not in the shower. (laughs) Uh, If I'm having a bowel movement, as we earlier discussed, he's right there with me, cheering me on. (laughs) I'm saying, go, daddy, go. And he's with me through all 
those trials and tribulations. Whenever I make a phone call, he's there. Whenever I do a podcast, he is there. You might hear him occasionally in the background. No matter what I do, he's been with me. And to have that attention taken away from you and placed on another individual and another being is so profound and so life-changing that it really helps with any sort of angst you're having in your life or problems you're having. Because you're no longer just wallowing in an empty corridor thinking about your woes and those things which have befallen you. Instead, now you are worried, did he poo and pee in the right place? (laughs) Where is he now? Is he digging up something he shouldn't? Oh, no, he wants to play. Oh, he's always wanting to play. You're always thinking about him or her. And that's just the truth. You try to think about other things, and you do. I mean, you can read a book, you can do things, you can watch a movie. But I will assure you, they will probably be right there with you. And just to have that profound change to where there's now an independent soul who's completely innocent and helpless and can only live and can only live happily with your help and your attention and your love is just so profound that it takes that attention off yourself that can just be crushing, frankly. And instead you're directing it to something positive, a living being, independent, who's just trying to make you happy, doing all the right things, going to the bathroom in the right places to make you happy, getting their food at the right times to make you happy. And then inviting you to play with them to make you and them happy. And to enjoy your company, ask to be pet. All these things are so dependent upon what you do that you just simply have no time to crush a negative emotion that you were having before. You have no time to wallow in an emotion. I mean, it's not gone. It's still there. You still have to deal with it. I could be taking care of my puppy and then now I've got a Medicare problem. So, hey, I have to deal with Medicare because I'm in hospice. And I gotta, you know, play with my dog. Or, more profoundly, my dog might want to play with me and I simply can't. I don't have the energy or my legs and feet are in extreme pain and I can't play with him. Like he wants me to. And that happens, of course. And that 
hurts me, and I think, gosh, I wish I didn't have this condition where I could just play with him. But you sort of learn how to get by with him or her, and you make it work. You make it work. You find a way. If I can't run or stand on my feet, I throw toys while sitting down. Or I'll just play without throwing with the toy and him and I sitting on a chair. And we'll do all kinds of varying amounts of playing that are mirrors of basically how I'm physically able to perform. But we find a way. And true, my heart condition didn't go away, obviously, because I'm trying to find ways to play with them. And that sucks. But when we find that way and we do play, it takes the weight off. And suddenly, you're not thinking about it. So that's a long, long, long answer to what everyone is saying about owning a pet when you're sick or if you're in disability. Own, owning a pet, they say, is a huge step in the right direction that can put a lot of good energy in your home and allow you to focus on something else, something innocent and loving that is loving you so that you're no longer just attached to your problem 100% of the time. So any doctor would go by what I'm saying and say, yep, it's true. I've heard it, because I've heard it a thousand times. So my long answer was just what you've heard probably a thousand times in four or less words. <laughs> so I'm going to bet. That's all. But that in my case, is not the summation of what changed to make me say yes to this question. Obviously, getting a puppy, it was a big change in and of itself. But I think I would be foolish to think that's all there is to it. Well, because... I know that's not all there is to it. There are a few other factors a little more profound, I think, than owning a puppy that have allowed me to come around and say yes to this question. profound change is the fact that I have altered my personal views and philosophy on life and death and the universe as a whole. Whoa, that's a big change. <laughs> 
Uh, so yeah, with a change like that, you should, you would hope you're answering some questions differently, right? Otherwise, there's something suspicious there. But to put it in just a few words, that is precisely what has changed inside of me over the course of the last few months, I would say. Maybe longer. And it's all because I had my personal philosophy that I shared in this podcast. Where everyone has a sort of immortality to them. That is, everything you do, everything you say, everything you are, everything you touch, everything will in essence last forever because it was done at that time. And the universe itself can't even take that away. Your past, my past, is the most solid thing that you could ask for in this universe. It is completely immobile. And it's going to last forever. You can never go back and change what I did, what I said. So coming at the heels of a life that I feel is well-lived, I have to say that I'm happy that those things I did in my life are going to, in essence, last forever. That they are not destroyed by any means. And these things can't occur by themselves. There has to be a catalyst. Obviously, the catalyst was me. I'm talking about things I did. Therefore, I exist, obviously. And I obviously existed. And the former can never be taken away. I'll go on forever as having done what I've done and existed as I chose to exist. There is no real loss when I die, when I pass. Everything I've done will still be there. It will still be, a, still be done. The only real loss, if I were to stretch it, were the potential things that I could have done. Sure. But you could extrapolate that on a mortal life for affinity if you want. That can go on forever. And it's just not practical. It's just not the way the world, the universe works. That is forever. Certainly you can prolong life. But eventually you hit the closing curtain.
And so, therefore, I will, in a sort of way, live forever. I don't need to worry about that. I'll be carried forward through my, my words, my writing, my friends, my drawings, my computing, my memories with others. My estate itself to be given away to others. All these things, countless things, will help ensure basic immortality. And eventually they eventually they will all decay to a whisper. We don't we don't usually think about the people in the Middle Ages, let's say. We know they were there. They will always have been there. And here I am thinking about them. I don't know their names. But I just assure they're living forever because I'm thinking about them right now. People. And then I came to learn that this sort of belief was not unique. I thought I was a smarty pants. <laughs> And thought this up on my own. That in essence everyone is sort of immortal. But then I find it's a central tenet to Stoicism. And that itself has helped me quite a bit. I still don't know all there is to know about Stoicism, but in my research over the last year, I've certainly crossed paths with the likes of Marcus Aurelius and Seneca and many others. Some 2,000 years ago, these men wrote of ideas very similar to, if not exactly precisely, the same as my own, as I've just described. And through that, there is a lot of peace to be found. If I see that the greatest immortality is through what has already been, For example, Seneca said, the past is ours, and there is nothing more secure for us than that which has been. If I have that forever, I will forever have lived, and no one can take that away. And that has directly given me tremendous peace with death. 
Because it's not so much death. It's merely a departure from this world physically. But things of my creation can easily live on beyond me. I mean, if I had kids, obviously that's a clear example. But a writing I had might be shared and become popular posthumously. Things like that happen all the time. Many people's careers get a jump start after their extinguished so it gives me a sense that death is not the end because it's not the end the world will continue to move and do things and everything that I had done in my life will still be there and will still have an impact in some way on this world. And it might be the smallest of things. That might be my landlord has to rebuild the guest bedroom because I repainted it a color that was not approved. Something asinine like that. Well, that's just an example of life going on once I'm dead. Life will go on. Things will continue. And for some reason, knowing that helps to give me a strong sense of safety. And so, with all of these things, with my view on essentially immortality, the sense of peace that I have now with my own demise, I absolutely change my answer from no to yes, that I do have the support that I need. And what's that support? I still haven't said. What is that support? Sure, it's the beliefs, but is there anything else that supports me? Yes. And point of fact, a perfect example of what I'm saying, of how what we, what we do lasts forever and can continue to impact the earth is the fact that I'm reading Marcus Aurelius's memoirs. As I do this podcast, well, not as I do this podcast, but in real time, in the same days as I do this podcast, I am reading Aurelius's memoirs. 2,000 years ago, he wrote this.
shouldn't have already read his meditations. Again, 2,000 years old. And he is still impacting people profoundly with his writing. So I can fairly say I have support from Marcus Aurelius. Because <laughs> it's like he's there. It's like if I want to ask him a question, he's there. These books are great. A lot of them have like an index on topics. So if I have perhaps a personal struggle on something, I can look it up almost like a theology and look for what he wrote about it. And maybe, maybe not come to a solution based on what I read. And I mean, maybe not, sure, that's fine. To disagree or to think this doesn't apply or this was kind of lame. At least it gave me a way to think about it. Perhaps not a resolution, but it was another way of thinking about it. And you can only get that from another human being. And that means I just got that from another human being who's been dead for 2,000 years. So, right there, it proves his point. It proves the accuracy of his belief system. Of course, we're not all Marcus Aureliuses. We're not all senators. We're, all, we're, we're not going to be remembered throughout the ages. But we can improve our lives and make our lives what they are and make it to a way that no matter what, we lived a good life and you can never take that away from us that so we lived a good life. That's my goal, and I think I've achieved it. I'm still working on it, because I'm still alive. I still want to live a good life. I still want to do things that I enjoy. I still want to do things that are entertainment to me. I still play with my puppy. But... Anyway, with all these changes, I definitely felt that I had the support <laughs> to deal with my crisis. My views on the universe and how to seek support changed. And with that, my support level changed dramatically for the better. And that I'm very happy about. I wish I had this way of thinking when I was younger. Because <laughs> I probably would have done even more. I love it. I love stoicism. <laughs> I love how it operates. Anyway. So, that was my big profound moment, my friends.
I changed my answer from a no to a yes. Listeners, I think I will wind down this week's podcast. You now know what is going on profoundly in my life. I do think that that question and that answer was a profound change. I think any therapist would tell you that. Um, it it definitely shocked me. It, it really did stun me that I changed my answer. I really had to think about it as to why I changed my answer. And I know that the reasoning <laughs> and the central beliefs of my philosophy are rather closer to the rantings of a lunatic. At least that's how they sound. Uh, it's not something as simple as, oh, I found a lucky poncho or something like that. But, hey, that's the way it is right now. That's just the way it is. <laughs> There's nothing I can do about it. I can't explain it in easy terms. Easier terms. I don't know. But, uh... Thank you so much for bearing with me and listening in to my reasoning. It definitely means a whole lot to me. And if you want to keep following the podcast, please click on follow and also click on updates so you get updates when there are future podcasts. So you don't have to rely on me bugging you, saying, hey, there's a new podcast or something like that. And if you want to be really cool and and the best person in the world, you can go to patreon.com slash mydogwilleatmyface and make a small little shekel donation. There you get some behind-the-scenes views and pictures of me and my events in my life uh, and also the former dog who was going to eat my face but passed away uh, he's still got his pictures up uh, I am collating a bunch of pics of the new puppy who will eat my face when I die um And once I get those pictures kind of together, I'll put them up uh, on the Patreon site as well. So you get all that fun behind-the-scenes stuff. You get to see the dog in question. (laughs) If you you hear him in the podcast, you get to add a a, a face to to the, I don't know, depends on what you hear, squeak or bark. (laughs) Anyway, 
Thank you again so much for listening this past week. I value that above all else is your listenership. Please feel free to share it with friends. And be sure to click on follow inside the application where you follow the podcast. And click on notifications so you're notified of future podcasts and you don't need me to come out and bug you and remind you that there's a new podcast. Uh, Usually there's one every week. So, there you go. And that should do it. So, So, for this week, I'm just going to say Auf Wiedersehen and talk to you more next week.